Drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning to you. Thursday, February the 3rd. On the feast of St. Blaise, bishop and martyr, praise be to God, holy St. Blaise, pray for us. We're going to have a great show for you today. There's a ton of stuff to talk about in the news, but here's a question. Why should Catholics care about the Second Amendment? Is support among Christians waning for our right to bear arms, to defend ourselves? Uh, We're seeing some great struggles on that front. As the pro-life movement grows, that front seems to uh, maybe weaken a bit. Rick Barrett from thearmedcatholic.com is going to be on our program at 35 past the hour to discuss that. In the news this morning, I saw that Cardinal Reinhard Marx, Archbishop of Munich in Freisburg in Germany, urges into celibacy rules, says, if only the priests could get married, they'd be less lonely. Well, we're going to ask that question. Why does the Church you know, have the discipline of priestly celibacy to Father Carter Griffin coming up at 15 past the hour. He has a brand new book out called Cross-Examined Catholic Responses to the World's Questions, and there's some good ones in there, praise be to God. So this is one of them. Why does the Church teach and uphold the discipline of priestly celibacy? And what would be our response to uh, His Eminence, Cardinal Reinhard Marx? That's coming up at 15 past the hour. The heartbeat bill in Texas, praise be to God, has saved some 15,000 babies. Florida is passing legislation that would protect children after 15 weeks. Zucker, Jeff Zucker resigns from CNN. Hershey's is firing its unvaxxed employees, so... Enjoy your chocolate day, I guess. The Las Vegas bishop rebukes Democrat, a Democrat congresswoman, tells pro-abortion politicians to not receive communion. Uh, I mean, there's just so much in the news today. And then what did the Pope say yesterday? Maybe we'll get into that in the after show. So if you can join us, we'd love to have you. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Yeah, No candle mass for you last night? No, our baby goes to bed right at the same time, so we try yeah. not to, you know, rock the ship too much with her. <laughs> Wait till the next one. <laughs> I know. The next one's going to be like, All these idyllic principles you have <laughs> will start to erode very quickly with more and more children, praise be to God. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of all my children? Uh, yeah. No, um, all hmm. zero Adrian, of them? my son. Was that an age? Was that, a, was that, an, was that no out, out loud? I meant to say have, that interiorly. I have no kids. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> it's kind of depressing. Speaking, but you you went to the candle mass last night. I did. Praise be to God. It was beautiful. We did our procession despite the rain, and I do mean despite the rain. We walked through the rain. I was soaking wet, and Based. other people were it's like we were when we got back into the church. People had like leaves in their hair uh, from the leaves falling from the trees, and it was a it was it was a delightful delightful candle mass. Maybe not the best idea to walk through the rain, you know, just saying. But praise be to God, it was great, uh, though I am a little sleepy. Praise be to God. We uh, we had a great full house last night, a packed place, which is so wonderful. I mean, the the, the, car, the, ca- the cases of candles just, like, overflowed into, like, the, ba- the behind the altar and the room over. It was pretty cool. And then, of course, the uh, the procession was, was pretty massive. By the time we get out of the church... Uh, the, they're already starting to come back in. I mean, it's just, it was so cool to see this massive procession. And we avoided the rain, so we were very grateful about that. It didn't really start raining for us until after Mass was Man. over. 
Lucky so, y'all. Yeah. No, we, 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 we were in the van like, and it started pouring. We're like, oh, oh praise <laughs> be to God. No. Oh, it stopped raining after mass was over. We were getting out of mass and I'm like, now it stops raining? Really? Yeah. Oh, well, it is what it is. Praise God be to God for it, though. And uh, everybody was like, Adrian, you are the, uh, the, you're the biggest sleepyhead. Go they, to bed. Well, I, you get up at 3 a.m. See how it goes. It's it's hard to do. It, it really messes with your schedule, and you have to manage that very closely, which uh, makes life a little complicated, when you, especially when you have a wife and, and a bunch of kids. Yeah, I, I can't stand it. My All my kids. All, all of them. All, and my wife. All uh, of them. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is crazy. All right. Praise be to God. Uh, hopefully, you're going to have a great day today. We're going to pray for your intentions, dear listener, here in just a moment. Uh, don't forget to get your car raffle tickets in. Have you purchased your... 2022 GLA uh, Mercedes in night black car raffle tickets. You could win. It's coming up at the end of this month. We're going to pull out a winner, and some lucky Catholic Radio listener is going to be driving a brand new car, and we get to keep our Catholic Radio apostolate alive and well. Cool car, cool opportunity, and we'd be grateful for your support. Go to grnonline.com for the details. Let's pray, and let's jump into our hour. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and let's dive right into the headline news this morning. The AP reports U.S. intelligence satellite launched from California. A classified satellite for the U.S. National Reconnaissance Office was launched into space from California on Wednesday. The NRO only described the satellite as a national security payload. Its launch was one of three awarded by by the Air Force to SpaceX in 2019 for a combined fixed price of $297 million. The NRO is the government agency in charge of developing, building, launching, and maintaining U.S. satellites that provide intelligence data to senior policymakers, the intelligence community, and the Defense Department. And the Blaze reports House Oversight Republicans give HHS a February 16th deadline to turn over docs on funding for Wuhan Lab and Fauci emails. House Oversight Committee Republicans on Wednesday called the Biden administration to hand over documents related to federal grant money provided by EcoHealth Alliance that has that was subawarded to the Wuhan Institute of Virology for bat coronavirus research. A letter signed by ranking member Representative James Comer and the other committee Republicans invoked federal law to have the National Institutes of Health and the Department of Health and Human Services turn over documents, which they had previously requested in July. That re- that request was left unanswered, the Republicans said. EcoHealth Alliance, a nonprofit group that supports virus research across the globe, has received millions of dollars in U.S. taxpayer funding for coronavirus research in China, as well as many other subjects. Between 2014 and 2019, the group provided $600,000 in NIH subgrants to the Wuhan lab to study bat coronaviruses. Those grants have been controversial as have become controversial as evidence emerged that the Wuhan lab was possibly involved in a risky experiment that artificially made viruses more transmissible among mammals and potentially among humans. And Newsmax reports directed energy could be cause of Havana syndrome, U.S. intelligence panel reports. 
A group of experts assembled by the U.S. intelligence community has found that mass hysteria and other psycho psychological factors cannot fully account for Havana syndrome as identified directed electromagnetic or ultrasonic energy as a possible cause, Politico reports. The panel convened under the office of the Director of National Intelligence and the CIA found in a release in a report released on Tuesday, pulse magnetic energy, particularly in the radio frequency range, plausibly explains the core characteristics of the disorder, though it notes that information gaps exist. The panel also determined that psychosocial factors alone cannot alone account for the core characteristics, although they may they may cause some other incidents or contribute to long-term symptoms. And the Epic Times reports Blumenthal Graham introduced bill to strip legal protections from tech firms for child abuse content. Senators Richard Blumenthal from Connecticut and Lindsey Graham from South Carolina on Tuesday reintroduced a bill that would strip online platforms of their legal protections under federal law if they host child sexual abuse content. The bill called the Eliminating Abusive and Rampant Neglect of Interactive Technologies, otherwise known as EARNIT Act, would overhaul the 1996 Communications Decency Act, which granted online platforms protection from liability for user-created content on their websites. The 1996 bill was one of the first laws passed in the United States to address how the federal government would address the burgeoning internet and its platforms. A clause in Section 230 protects platforms from any sort of liability if they don't act as the content creators on the service. To fight such sexual abuse content, the legislation would establish a new National Commission on Online Child Sexual Exploitation Prevention, which would be directed to help best practices for interactive online services providers, for example, Facebook and Twitter, to prevent the online sexual exploitation of children. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. John Nelson, born in 1535. John Nelson was an English Jesuit martyr who was executed during the reign of Elizabeth I. Nelson was from Skelton, York. He was nearing 40 when he left for Douai in 1573 for training as a priest. He was ordained on the 11th of June, 1576. The following November, he left for his mission in London. He was arrested on the 1st of December, 1578 at his residence. Late in the evening, he was saying the nocturne of the matins for the next day and when was put into Newgate Prison as a suspected papist. Ooh. He had written to the French Jesuits during his imprisonment for permission to be admitted to the society. When interrogated about a week later, he refused to take the oath recognizing the queen's supremacy in spiritual matters and was induced by the commissioners to declare the queen a schismatic. Under the legislation of 1571, this was high treason and was punishable by death. He was condemned to death on the 1st of February, 1578, and was confined after the trial in an underground dungeon in the Tower of London, the Pit of the Tower. While in prison, he subsisted on bread and water. He was able to say Mass. On his execution day, he refused to see the several Protestant ministers. After meeting with family members, he was taken to Turban and was allowed to speak before the bystanders, who were mostly hostile in the historically Protestant London. When asked to beg pardon of the queen, he responded, I will ask no pardon of her, for I have never offended her. He then asked any Catholics in the crowd to pray with him as he recited several common prayers in Latin. He was hanged and cut down alive and then quartered. His last words were reportedly, I forgive the queen and all the authors of my death. He was beatified on the 29th of December, 1886 by Pope Leo XIII. St. John uh, Nelson 
pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave from there. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off of your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Augustine said, in like manner, Mark, by saying that they are to be shod with sandals or soles, warns us that this mode of protecting the feet, this mode rather of protecting the feet, has a mystical significance. That the foot should neither be covered above nor be naked on the ground. That is, that the gospel should neither be hid nor rest upon earthly comforts. And in that he forbids their possessing or taking with them, or more expressly, their wearing two coats. He bids them walk simply, not with duplicity, but who... But whosoever thinks that the Lord could not in the same discourse say some things figuratively, others in a literal sense, let him look into other discourses, and he shall see how rash and ignorant his judgment. Close quote. St. Augustine, pray for us. I like that snarky sense of humor there at the end. St. Augustine, college you is. Praise be to God. But I like that uh, diving into these images in this passage today and seeing in them the need to preach the gospel and not rest on earthly comforts. This is a, a theme that seems to be repeated among the early church fathers. The Ignatius Catholic Commentary saw this as sort of a, somewhat of a test drive, saying their mission is a training exercise for leadership in the church when they will be summoned to embrace evangelical poverty and to trust in God for daily provisions. Morally, it says, St. Gregory the Great says, Jesus sends out the disciples and pairs to signify that the twin precepts of charity are indispensable for the duty of Christian preaching. Those entrusted with the mission must always exemplify the love of God and neighbor. Praise be to God, St. Gregory, pray for us. Oh, and by the way, the dusting off of the feet, guess what? The Jews loved to do that all the time. Against whom? The Gentiles. Oh, yeah. It was an insult to them. They'd leave their towns and take their sandals and shake off all the dust as a little thumb up to the Gentiles, right? Well, the Lord is flipping it right back on them, isn't he? Isn't that something? Hey, we'll be right back. What's concerning us? And Father Carter Griffin is coming up next. Hello. How would you like a chance to win a Mercedes-Benz? What's up with the accent, Dave? Oh, hey, Cecil. Just putting on a posh accent, because this year with the GRN, we're raffling off a pretty... Oh, you mean the 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250? That's right. And no. that all listeners need to do to get their tickets is to contact their general manager or visit grnonline.com forward slash raffle, and that all the funds raised go to the GRN. Tickets are only one for $25 or five for 100 Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I took over your spot again, didn't I? Well, it was probably for the best. Cheerio! If there's one thing atheists and theists can agree on, it's the fact that we've all felt the problem of God's hiddenness and have cried out, where are you, God? The difference, however, is atheists think this is a reason to reject God and theists don't. 
Why? Well, first, God is not entirely hidden. Sure, we can't know He exists by seeing or touching Him, but we can know He exists through logic and reason. There's also good reason to believe God has revealed Himself through Jesus of Nazareth. If Jesus is raised from the dead, then everything He said is true. Second, God's in-your-face presence wouldn't necessarily make things better. Even on the natural level, we don't like overbearing parents. Why would we want God to be that way? So while God's partial hiddenness is a mystery, it's not a good reason to embrace atheism. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. Coming up at uh, 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation uh, with the Armed Catholic, thearmedcatholic.com about Second Amendment, why Catholics and Christians should care, and its support waning among mainstream Christians. We're going to have that conversation coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now, though, is Father Carter Griffin. Father Father is a priest in the Archdiocese of Washington. He's also the rector of the seminary there. He's got a brand new book out called Cross-Examined Catholic Responses to the World's Questions, and it's published by Emmaus Road. Good morning to you, Father Griffin. Good morning. Good to be with you. Thank you. Praise be to God. We're grateful for your time today. Uh, Let's start with the book. Um, I I couldn't help but notice the uh, the, the St. Thomas inspiration, the motif of the Summa Theologica in the book. Tell us about this. You know, there is this ancient way of, uh, which goes even before St. Thomas, I mean, into very ancient times, where you would start uh, a discussion about an important topic by going through opposing arguments. So, so, you know, this is the position that I'd like to hold. I'm going to go through all the ways that people may disagree with me. And you discuss those, and then you kind of present your own position, and then you respond to those objections. And so this is uh, the, sort of the, the basic format of the book, you know, going through these different kind of hot-button issues. And uh, it actually emerged from my, I, I, as you said, I work at a seminary, I work in my conversations with seminarians, who I really felt were coming along at a time where they needed not only a, a good grounding in what the Church teaches, but also in how to address uh, rational and sometimes very um, kind of difficult objections to that, you know, and be able to do so in a way that's wise, but also very gentle and, and loving. Now, of all the questions that people are asking and struggling with, why did you choose the list you did? I mean, a lot of it just was, um, I mean, I, exactly, I was sort of see what, what sort of questions people are asking in my own priestly ministry, what were some of the big ones. Also, some of the, just the kind of the classics, you know, the existence of God, and, you know, can mm. we, you know, are there rational reasons for believing in the resurrection, or why do we pray to saints? And, but some of them are much more contemporary, you know, gender dysphoria stuff, pornography, you know, animal rights, and vitro fertilization. So these are, these are real questions that real people are posing. And, you know, the people who may not understand or even agree with the Church's teaching are not necessarily uh, stupid or evil. They have, you know, they have good points to make, and we have to be able to kind of address them in a way that's, that's as I say, rational, but also loving. Mm. You know, I was, I was interested uh, in the, that you included animal rights, for instance. You, you mentioned that a second ago. I mean, you, a lot of people don't think that that's a conversation. And in fact, I've had those similar conversations in the past on radio, and a lot of Catholics are like, why are we talking about this? But as a hunter, I get approached all the time about why I would kill God's innocent creatures. And my response is because I like to eat them and, they're, and feed them to my family, and they're tasty. Uh, you know, so I'm a meat eater. What do you want from me? Uh, you know, but I found that fascinating. And the reason why I bring that up is because in Catholic radio, even a decade ago, 
Uh, the biggest conversation on Catholic Radio would have been, why do you call your priest father? Or why do you worship Mary? Or where's that in the Bible? Uh, now that conversation has shifted quite a bit, uh, wouldn't you say, Father? I do. I mean, a lot of it depends on who you're speaking to. Obviously, a lot of our separated brethren would still have a lot of those deep questions about Our Lady and different... But, you know, I think the... And one of the reasons why I included the animal rights, by the way, is not only because some people, in fact, are... You know, it is an interesting discussion, but really it's kind of a backdoor way into understanding the dignity of the human person. Mm. You know, what makes what makes a human person different from an animal? And yet, at the same time, recognizing, as the medievals certainly did, <laughs> that there was a certain dignity to animals, too. They didn't have the same rights as humans, obviously. We certainly can kill them for good reason. But, um, you know, that, it, that, that as stewards of creation, you know, that there's a different place that we hold and the use of reason being made in the image and likeness of God. So it's also important as a way of understanding how the, where the distinction lies, too. Well, I, I, want, I wanted to ask you to maybe go into a couple of these questions, but one that came up this morning as I was getting ready for the show uh, that you've written on extensively, it seems, and that's priestly celibacy. This mm-hmm. morning, uh, His Eminence, Cardinal uh, Marx in Germany, is calling for uh, to do away with priestly celibacy, saying it would make, if, if priests could get married, they'd be less lonely and and this is a conversation, a debate that's been happening over the last few decades, for sure, in the Church. And you've written extensively on it. So why does the Church hold uh, the discipline of priestly celibacy? Well, uh, and you're right. And one of the reasons I, I did that book, Why Celibacy, is because that the, at, the end, at the Amazon Synod it was going to be coming up, you know, talking about the, the, the future of priestly celibacy. And, you know, I think fundamentally what it comes down to is this. Uh, first of all, our Lord uh, himself was celibate. He is the one priest of the New Covenant. Uh, we share in his priesthood. Um, the normative way of living the priesthood, I think, is celibate. And not only that, but there are tremendous fruits that come from living celibacy well, um, fruits of being really, uh, the spouse of the Church and especially fatherhood, um, fatherhood, spiritual fatherhood. Um, there are tremendous, beautiful ways that, that celibacy opens our heart to many souls. And I think there's an instinct in the, on the part of our people that when celibacy is well-lived, it is a tremendous gift, not only to the man and to the priest, but also to them. Mm. And by getting rid of it, we'd be getting rid of tremendous spiritual, supernatural fruits in the, that, have, that have been lavished on the Church. I don't think getting rid of it, by the way, is the answer to the the answer is living celibacy well. It's it's forming men to be chaste celibate, just like marriage. I mean, there are all kinds of ways that marriage can become an a, an, an abusive marriage. You know, a, have a, you been talking to my marriage. wife again, Father? Has she been telling you stories? <laughs> she told me not to say anything. So I'm, okay. just, I'm, I'm speaking generically. No. Okay, God. No, I mean, it's it's true though. I mean, you know, you know, I mean, married people obviously struggle too, and we don't get rid of marriage. You know, I mean, we learn, we help men live married life better, and that's what we need to do with celibacy too. And the vast majority of priests. Have of course, are living celibacy well. So I think it's a very short-sighted uh, approach to it, and frankly, not even one that is addressing the actual issue at hand. I agree with you, Father. You know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of talk about uh, you know uh, finding solutions that somewhat inevitably kind of distract from the actual problem. You know, one of the yeah. things with priestly celibacy, they'll they'll argue that well, the priests are lonely, and that's why certain things are happening in the priesthood. But, uh, you know, one thing that's not talked about is that priests do need community, you know, and that's a way to, to have, uh, you know, to ease some of that loneliness. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about in vitro, because in vitro is something that I don't think is talked about enough. And uh, I, I'm thinking about it because on my way to work, there's a billboard on the side of the road that says 20% off your in vitro fertilization treatment. And I'm thinking, wow, 20% off to murder a bunch of embryos, a bunch of children. So could you talk about that? 
Sure, and it's obviously an extraordinarily sensitive issue. And, you know, some people will say the church is pro-life, and yet here you are preventing parents from, you know, having more children and, you know, having children where they can't have any at all. And, you know, I think in discussing in vitro fertilization, like anything else in apologetics, sometimes it can come across as a little bit cold and and hard. Um, But the church does, like a good mother, still have to say the truth, even when it can be a little bit painful. And obviously there's nothing being said about children who have been born with in vitro fertilization and, you know, the blessing that they can be, uh, that they are to the Mm -hmm. world. Um, and yet, at the same time, like children have a right to come into the world through the love of a mother and a father, um, and being being formed in that natural way. Uh, that that so first, it's it's kind of it's the opposite of contraception in a sense. It's the desire, you know, it's a desire for to kind of circumvent the way that God has has made men and women to come into the world um, in a way that gets rid of sex rather than gets rid of children. You know, having sex. And so being able to hold those two together, you know, the, the, unity, the unity of the husband and wife as well as the procreative dimension of sex is very important. The church doesn't denigrate sex. On the contrary, she's probably the only institution left holding up the beauty and the dignity of sex. Um, and yet, also, as you said, it's not just the kind of the way that the child comes into the world, but the kind of the, the catastrophic um, collateral damage that is done. And uh, the number of children, tiny, you know, embryos that are that are killed every year because of in vitro fertilization is staggering, staggering. And we just have no idea how many. And um, parents have to know that before making this what I think is a, is a dramatically um, unjust choice, uh, even though it has all the feelings that say this is all right, you know, and I mm-hmm. want to have my child and this is a good thing. Um, they have to look into it a little bit more deeply and realize that this is not the way that the Lord wants to bless them. Wow, <laughs> that is that is amazing. I, I I'm gonna switch topics a little bit because I mean, there's just you just covered so many different things in this book. Um, but one thing that I wanted to uh, address is the a common question that that just comes up over and over again anytime you talk about anything related to religion or the church is always, "Well, Father, that's great and all that you say that and that you believe that, but we can't really know that this is true, Father. It's that's just what you believe because you're Catholic." Yeah. Well, you know, it's a strange thing. We live at a time that everyone talks about, you know, follow the science and, you know, we trust reason and everything. People do not trust reason anymore. The church mm. is the one who sort of says that faith and reason are these two wings upon which we can we can ascend to God. And, you know, that we still hold that reason is something that we, there's a truth out there that you and I, no matter what our background, no matter where we come from, what we what we, our assumptions are, we can find that together, you know, and the and the church still proclaims that truth. Unfortunately, there are many who are who are sort of drinking the Kool-Aid of an ideology that says there is no truth out there, that basically we fashion our own truth within, and it more or less becomes this kind of competition of preferences and, frankly, power, you know, who has, who has the power to impose the truth, and rather than something out there we can discover. So if, if we're having a conversation with someone like that, I think what we need to do is before addressing whatever the hot-button issue is, we need to actually go back and look at how are we looking at the world and how are we looking at, at truth itself. And that can be a difficult conversation because the conclusion might be, well, then this is not the time yet to have the conversation about X, Y, or Z, mm. because the fact is that we don't really have a common ground to stand on to try to discover that together. And that, that can be discouraging, you know, but um, we just have to keep praying and keep trying. And I think at, the, at its root, I mean, the, the, the truth will out. I think people desire the truth and they're oriented to the truth if we, if we unlock sort of the prejudices. And so if, if rather we overcome the prejudices and unlock that desire for truth. Um, and so I think that we have to trust that the Lord has placed this, this spark of, you know, so, the celestial spark of conscience in the, in the heart of every person um, that, uh, that will lead them to, to, to desire that truth and, and be able to have that conversation. Father Carter Griffin is our guest. The book is called Cross-Examined Catholic Responses to the World's Questions, published by Emmaus 
road. And we have just a couple of minutes left in our conversation with you, Father. I, I you know, the the you had whole sections on gender dysphoria, same sex attraction, same sex marriage. This is a topic that I think more and more families are having to struggle with all the time. And I guess those meanie Catholics holding rigid positions against these things. Why? Why do we? Why do we? Uh, you know, try to uh, help these people overcome this. Uh, what do we believe as Catholics in this regard? You know, I think one thing that's really important to point out is that everyone desires happiness, and everyone who's making these different choices is still desiring happiness, but they're not finding it. You know, we're living at a time where there's a tremendous amount of loneliness, anxiety, and struggle out there, and, and the Catholic Church is one sort of the, the last, man, last one standing, offering an, a, a very clear alternative to that way of life, and one that leads to true kind of peace with oneself and, and, uh, and, and real human flourishing. So these different ways that we're helping people, even sometimes when it's hard to hear it, you know, because we have our preferences, we have our desires, we want to follow these things. This is, just because we desire something doesn't mean it's good for us. And by the, the church, again, like a good mother is saying, this is a better way to live. And I think when people see that and they see the, the real intention to help people live a more fulfilled and beautiful life in union with Jesus Christ in a way that will actually lead to their genuine happiness, um, that's, I think, that the attitude that we need to have as works. You know, I always tell the guys that, you know, the good news is good. You know, it's mm-hmm. always good. Even when it's hard, it's still good. And to have that attitude when we speak about these difficult topics, I think will help people see that we're not being hard or rigid or cold. But on the contrary, we're actually being more deeply loving than anyone else uh, maybe in their lives. And maybe having, having that attitude, I think, will help have those difficult conversations in a more fruitful way, too. Yeah, amen to that. Uh, is the best place to get the book on Emmaus Road's website? I think that's a great place to get it. Yeah, thank you. Cross, cross-examined. I appreciate that. Yeah, no worries. Cross-examined, Catholic Responses to the World's Questions by Father Carter Griffin. Again, Emmaus Road Publishing. You guys should check that out and share this with friends. Uh, Father, real quick, though, going back to priestly celibacy, uh, last question here. I mean, why do you wait until the day before they're ordained to tell the seminarians they have to live celibate? I'm just worried that they'd leave if I didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should give them, like, I don't know, four to eight we'll, years we'll of heads up. Weeks, I promise. <laughs> God love you, Father. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, thanks for having me. All right, praise be to God. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come right back. We have more breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos. And then uh, we have the armedcatholic.com. Rick Barrett on the program. We'll talk about the Second Amendment, all that coming up next. Between now and February 21st, the GRN is raffling off a 2022 GLA 250 in Midnight Black. And this sweet beauty of a car can be all yours by going to grnonline.com and purchasing five tickets for $100 or $25 for one. All proceeds support Catholic Radio on the GRN. Now that's a deal that's all right, all right, all right. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard people say that Christianity is barbaric? That it arose in ignorance? Well, G.K. Chesterton says that as a matter of historical fact, it didn't. It arose in the most civilized period the world has ever seen. It arose precisely at the intersection of three great civilizations, Athens, Rome, and Jerusalem. It combined the philosophy of the first two with the faith of the third. So what's the real reason the opponents of Christianity do not believe it? It's not because it's barbaric and ignorant. It's not even because it's civilized and sophisticated. It's because, as Chesterton says, opponents of Christianity would believe anything except Christianity. 
Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now more headlines. The Blaze Report's constitutional carry bill advances in Georgia. The state legislature in Georgia advanced a constitutional carry bill that would remove the license requirement for residents to carry a handgun in public. A bill offered by Senator Jason, um, I'm going to butcher this name, Anna Anna Vitart, would make it so that any legal gun owner in the state could carry a handgun, either openly or concealed without needing a license to do so. Democratic lawmakers have criticized the measure, claiming it would make it easier for criminals to get guns and warning that violence will increase. But Republicans counter that criminals don't abide by gun laws, which they say only serve to restrict the constitutional right to bear arms. Georgia law currently requires gun owners to obtain a license to carry a loaded handgun outside of their own homes, in businesses, or in vehicles. And the Daily Wire reports, effective immediately, ABC suspense will be Goldberg after wrong and hurtful Holocaust comments. ABC News announced Tuesday evening that Whoopi Goldberg, longtime host of the daytime talk show The View, has been suspended for comments she made about the Holocaust and race. Effective immediately, I'm suspending Whoopi Goldberg for two weeks for her wrong and hurtful comments. While Whoopi has apologized, I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments, ABC News President Kim Godwin said in a statement. Goldberg sparked controversy during Monday's broadcast during the discussion about the graphic novel Mouse, when she claimed that the Holocaust was not about race because the Nazis and the Jews were both white. She asserted that man's inhumanity to man was the real issue. And Breitbart News reports, Georgetown considers implementing cry room for students offended by law professor Ilya Shapiro's tweets. You know, I think we could use a cry room here. Epic Times reports, Super Bowl 56 tickets to be the most expensive ever. Tickets for the upcoming Super Bowl 56 are selling for the highest prices in the history of the game as two beloved teams prepare to face off in the brand new SoFi Stadium on February 13th. According to data from SeatGeek, the average Super Bowl audience member will pay $10,000 for tickets, whereas StubHub gives a more conservative estimate of $9,800. Stingy football fans will find the cheapest tickets at seven grand, whereas the the most expensive tickets are selling for $65,000 before fees. For one thing, this year's game will be played in the notoriously expensive Los Angeles, making it the first Super Bowl hosted in the city since 1993. With the Los Angeles Rams playing in their home city, prices will be exacerbated by the high demand among the city's native residents, as well as by fans of the Cincinnati Bengals, enthusiastic for their home team's unprecedented success. Without a doubt, inflation has a role to play in the extravagant price tags for this year's big game. Earlier this month, inflation was reported to to hit a 39-year high of 7%, raising the price for goods and services across the board. Football tickets not excluded. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Don't forget to pick up your car raffle tickets. Uh, Mercedes is on the line. You could win. If you, I don't know if you've ever owned or driven a Mercedes. Uh, you know, I, I hear that uh, some of the years were pretty hit or miss, but I also hear that the new stuff is pretty spot on. Praise be to God. So uh, we're giving away a 2022 GLA 250 in night black. And you, my dear listener, could drive this car at the end of this very month. It's possible. All you need to do is get your car raffle tickets. They're $25 a piece or a book of five for 100 So that means you get an extra one for free. You can find all the details on our website, grnonline.com. Just scroll down to see the Mercedes. Click on that, and you'll get all the details you need there. Again, that's grnonline.com. Praise be to God. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is the armed Catholic Rick Barrett. 
Uh, good morning to you, Rick. Thanks for your time today. Uh, Rick, we're not we're not hearing you. Uh, well, hopefully we'll get that sorted out soon. Here's a question, though. Why Catholics should care about the Second Amendment? We saw an article uh, last week at the stream. Uh, guns are God, guns, and the government, a paper to send to your pastor. It was co-written by Jason Jones, friend of the show, and uh, John Zimmerak. And uh, it brings up a great question about why Christians, mainline Christians in particular, as the article is focusing on, why uh, Christians seem to wane when it comes to support of the Second Amendment. We clearly see that in the major uh, Democrat-held cities like New York City, Los Angeles, Chicago. Yet every Monday we get the death report coming out of Chicago. Most of those uh, gun I- incidents don't involve like legally possessed arms. <laughs> you know, it's it gets crazy pretty fast there. But we've invited the armed Catholic. Rick Baradon. We're hoping to get this sorted out with his audio. Rick, are you there? All right, he's going to call in, I think, is what the deal is. So there's a question here. Let me read a little bit of this article to you. Natural allies aren't always bosom buddies. Sometimes people share much more in common than they realize, and they just need that pointed out to them. It took far too long for evangelical Christians and Catholics to work together in the pro-life movement, for instance, but now they are a powerful force, which also defends religious liberty against hostile government initiatives. But the article talks about, you know, is this same same, uh, effort, this same cooperation true in the fight for the Second Amendment? Rick Baird, are you there? I am. Good morning, gentlemen. Can you hear me? Praise be to God. Rick, thanks for your time today. Uh, so let's talk about where we're at uh, when it comes to Catholics supporting the Second Amendment. What are your thoughts there? Well, first of all, gentlemen, good uh, good morning, and I appreciate your time and, and letting me join you. Uh, for those of you that do not know, my name is Rick Barrett, and I am the founder of The Armed Catholic, which you can find at thearmedcatholic.com. And The Armed Catholic is an organization that's dedicated to clearing up misinformation as far as the right to keep and bear arms, our God-given right to protect ourselves. And there's a lot of confusion within the church, uh, and however you want to describe that or the reason for it, uh, it still exists, and it comes from the fact that there is a a number of bishops who tend to make statements that we uh that tend to confuse people they they tend to confuse official magisterians or official positions official documentation with things on twitter where they call for things like gun control or reducing gun violence or any of the buzz terms there and so to talk about the right that you and I have, which is to protect ourselves and our our families and property, um, the church, if you look at official documents, in no way, shape, or form prohibits one from using firearms as long as you fulfill self-defense requirements. And I think a lot of people have uh, not studied that, which is why the armed Catholic exists. I'm a, a United States Concealed Carry Association certified instructor, uh, USCCA. And so uh, the whole point of it is to talk about, listen, within the context of a self-defense situation, you do have the right to use a firearm to protect your family, your property, because uh, nobody has the right. 
Nobody has the right to take your life. We as Catholics believe from conception to natural death. So nobody has the right to take that from you. Um, so as long as you fulfill the obligations of self-defense, which are laid out in the catechism and, and other documents as well, then you are within your right to use firearms. Uh, why do you think some Catholics, it seems to me that uh, many Catholics um, are more married to their political party than they are to the Catholic faith. And I see that on the right, and I see it on the left. Um, but when it comes to the Second Amendment, it clearly is an issue that goes uh, center-left. Uh, New York, uh, Chicago, Los Angeles. I mean, there's a lot of cities that are in this boat where they have basically made the gun laws there so restrictive that citizens uh, can't really defend themselves legally. Um, what do we as Catholics do about that? Well, unfortunately, we, we don't have the right to uh, um, go against what the law says. Uh, the, we can't say, well, we, we do have the natural right to do so. Um, and in the end, I, I try to tell people this all the time. Right now, uh, if you even live in a state like Texas, um, you got to be careful in Dallas or in El Paso or in places that have more left-leaning district attorneys because we've seen that even in red states with district attorneys that are leaning left, they will use the full enforcement of law against you. So as Catholics um, in cities, if you are in a city right now and your district attorney is going along with what the mayor of uh, Chicago or the new mayor of New York or typically the the mayor of Los Angeles, their anti-gun rhetoric, it's going to be very difficult for you to, to exercise that right. You may have to use other methods um, or you're going to have to do things like, up, you know, try to do the best you can to, to upgrade your home security-wise, locks, uh, cameras, things like that. But there's really no, there's no out clause for us in cities or democratically run states uh, around what they're doing. Because we, as Catholics, we're, we're not lawbreakers. We're not any of these hmm. other things. Um, however, there there is the question of what do you do if somebody breaks into your home? Like I'm from, originally, my home state's Rhode Island. And they have this thing called duty to retreat, unlike Texas, where it's castle doctrine. Mm -hmm. uh, but in Rhode Island, you must retreat no matter what, until such point where you must, you can defend yourself. Um, so the idea is when do you take the, the God-given right to defend yourself and then deal with the legal repercussions, and when do you not? That's something that I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't envy anybody who lives in the city right now has to face that kind of choice. Yeah. Hold that thought. Uh, Rick Barrett is our guest. TheArmedCatholic.com is his website. And we're going to continue this conversation after this very short break. So do us a favor. Share us with a friend while we're at break. But we're going to be right back. So don't go anywhere. More Catholic Drive Time is headed your way. Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time, 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Rick Barrett is our guest. TheArmedCatholic.com is his website. Talking about the the right to bear arms, the right to defend ourselves as Catholics, and kind of the, the difficulties involved in that. But Rick, welcome back to the show. I want to ask you, it seems to me, uh, we, 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 there's an article out by the stream, uh, Jason Jones and John Zimmerick, uh, uh, co-wrote the article, God, Guns, and the Government, a Paper to Send to Your Pastor. And one of the points this article makes is the cooperation between mainline Protestant communities and the Catholic Church in the pro-life cause, uh, how it has really uh, got us to where we're on the verge of overturning Roe v. Wade, praise be to God. Uh, But is that true when it comes to Second Amendment issues? Um, It seems to me like it's not really true, and there is some waning support there. What say you, Rick Barrett? Once again, good morning, Joe. Thank you for letting me uh, spend some time with you. First of all, as I've said to anybody that'll listen, our, our Protestant brothers and sisters absolutely outclass us when it comes to voting to protect the unborn. It, it's, it's something that we have to address as Catholics, how they absolutely every single time step up and, and defend the right to life. Um, as far as firearms and the Second Amendment and the right to keep and bear arms and defend ourselves, Protestants, uh, once again, have more of that American ethos of the, the, for lack of a better term, the cowboy mentality to defend yourself, your property, your life, and, and all of these, all of the very American things that we, <laughs> we all hold and love. Now, Catholics, um, like many things, we have been taught, for lack of a better term, for the past 50 years that um, the, there's a very heavy emphasis on love and turn the other cheek and to be very, for lack of a better term, docile. And those are all things that the Catholic Church absolutely teaches. I'm not here to say that they don't. Uh, I, I am no, I am in no position to, to counteract that. However, it has, it has trumped the very masculine traits of defense of defending your home, of making sure your wife and children are provided for your communities, to make sure your communities are defended against, whether it's the Vendee, the Cristeros. We have examples in Catholic history 
of Catholics taking up arms to defend themselves when the situation calls for it. I always want to make sure that I emphasize when the situation calls for it. We do not seek violence. We do not seek to harm anybody. But if there is harm that will be done to us, we have every right to defend that. And we've kind of fallen into this pattern where um, many bishops starting in the in the 70s have talked about getting rid of firearms, getting rid of gun violence, and kind of tying gun violence into um, the societal problems, the talking points that we hear from certain politicians. And it's difficult to try and separate that. And, and so for us as Catholics, even when we say we use firearms for something simple as hunting, we kind of get looked at like, ooh, why do you, you, you use guns? That's kind of icky. And uh, it, it's very difficult to try and separate like, no, it's okay to use a firearm or, or to own firearms. And, and we've been kind of divorced from that mentality, that masculine defensive mentality of, listen, you know, I don't want any of this violence. I want to live in peace on my farm and raise my cows and chickens and, and have my beautiful family and go to church and try to get to heaven. Uh, and anybody that dares try to stop that must be dealt with. Um, and so there's plenty of saints that talk about that. Uh, St. Augustine of Hippo talked about that. Pope John Paul II has made mention of it. Catechism of Pius X all talk about self-defense, but these things have been whitewashed away in favor of a more, um, for lack of a better term, uh, uh, just very calm and very, uh, let's just say it's feminine energy of love is everything, love will save the day, love, love, love. And while that's true, it paints over and it pushes aside other teachings of the church. Yes, absolutely. I think, especially the point about love, I mean, the, people have a distorted idea of love, and love is what, as St. Thomas defines it as, love is to will the good of the other for the sake of the other. And this goes straight into the point, I mean, I've heard, I, mean, I love the stories of the Cristero martyrs going off to battle. You hear the story of the French Vendée, you hear the story of the Crusaders, uh, some of my favorite saints, King Louis IX and King St. Ferdinand, amazing saints. Uh, but in terms of uh, this, this action of love and this action of suffering and meekness that is often thrown at us, uh, thrown at Catholics to say, oh, no, you have to turn the other cheek. You can't be uh, fighting these kind of ideas. The, I was surprised that on your website you list the story of St. Gabriel. And I had never heard this story of St. Gabriel before of why he's the patron saint of marksman. And I am thinking, St. Gabriel, you mean the guy who loved to suffer and the guy who's, you know, has the model of meekness and the model of humility? Uh, he's the patron saint of marksman? Uh, could you tell me the story of St. Gabriel, uh, the Passionist? It is actually, St. Gabriel will probably be the first one to tell you that it would be a little funny to associate him as the patron saint of, uh, of firearms and marksmen. And, I, and this story comes from Catholicism.org that um, it was a surprise to him that he was going into town. And when he was in town, he ran across a group that were, for lack of a better term, terrorizing a young woman. She was being dragged home by drunken soldiers. So St. Gabriel, being a masculine man 
and seeing a female in danger being uh, being having her life, having her autonomy, having all of these things being ripped from her, said, no, this is not right. He ran to her aid, and he quickly got there. He grabbed a pistol from one of the assailants and told those men to leave the town at once. Um, and, of course, the other soldiers came up and said, who are you? Drop your weapon. Um of course, this, this became a little uh, funny because the monk saw a, um, a, a, a tiny animal because he, he started to say, this goes back and forth. Gabriel's telling them to put their, their weapons down, and these soldiers in, in a drunken anger because they were not able to uh, indulge on their urges are getting angrier and angrier, but a small lizard darts into the street from a hiding place, as lizards type to do. So Gabriel's hunting instincts kick in, and without even so much of a casual aim, he severs the, livers, the lizard's head with <laughs> one perfect shot. And so, of course, after that happens, the soldiers see that this is not something they want to deal with, and they fulfilled saint gabriel's request to disarm <laughs> and so that in in short in the short answer to it you can check out the entire story at thearmcatholic.com is why saint gabriel who would not be the person uh, you would first think of as the patron saint of marksmen is is commonly referred to that because in a moment of a woman's desperation he sprang to action and his his instincts kicked in to be a masculine man to defend this woman, and he used a firearm without even a hesitation to do so. Uh, and by God's will, he was able to to protect this woman, and 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 that's why you would see that. That's why people often refer to Saint Gabriel in that way. Amen. We just have a couple minutes left in our conversation with the armed Catholic. Rick uh, Barrett is our guest here. Um, I want to end up with uh, some more of the, the sort of call to action here. You know, there's an article out uh, I saw in just the news. 25 states urge Supreme Court to hear case challenging Maryland's strict firearm laws. Maryland, you know, originally a, uh, a colony that, uh, that really helped Catholics uh, in many ways. Uh, I can't say they're strictly a Catholic colony. They really weren't. But they were, like, founded by Catholics with religious toleration until they were invaded by the uh, the Dutch. Anyway, that's another story. The question, <laughs> the point that I want to make here is they have strict firearm laws in an, in a town, in a state where there are a, a high percentage of Catholics. What can Catholics do here? Do they do they lobby their po- local politicians? Do they go for the, uh, for the federal politicians? What would have the most impact to try to help some of these gun laws in the states Catholics find themselves in? Okay, first thing you want to do is forget federal. Federal is a waste of time. Um, federal is a fundraising letter that you'll get from your your senator. Local, local, local. Find a local gun group. First of all, um, at a, at, if you were going to go federal level, Gun Owners of America is a great organization to be a part of. I'm a member of it as well. Uh, local gun associations. Here in Texas, we have the Texas Rifle Club. They fight for firearms rights here in the state of Texas. Maryland must have something adjacent to that. Lobby your local politicians. Find your, if, if Maryland, I know in Texas we have sheriffs. If, if um, Maryland, if counties have something similar to that and you can elect those sheriffs, elect ones that will 
for lack of a better term, ignore these these unconstitutional mandates at the state level um, and continue to exercise your right at the ballot box and with your financial contributions to local gun associations, to the Gun Owners of America, and these other places to continue to push. And, of course, vote your local constituent, you know, vote for your local representatives and local mayors and whatever else you can do at that local level. Because the federal level, first of all, they have no right to say any of this stuff. So it's all unconstitutional. And secondly, the only way that's ever going to change, look at what we've, uh, we've done with abortion in states like Texas, Mississippi, and other places, Missouri, uh, it's all done at the local level. So I, I feel the same way is, is going to be, if you're, if you're really concerned in that way, you got to get involved locally, okay. local gun associations, and so forth. All right. Praise be to God. Rick Barrett, thearmedcatholic.com. Thank you for your time today. We're very grateful to you. God bless. Thank you, gentlemen. God bless you. Have a great day. And that is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. We're grateful to everybody for who hung out with us this hour. Praise be to Jesus. If you can and you're able to hang out with us in the next hour, we would love to have you. We're going to have a good news story, saint of the day, gospel of the day. We'll play our game show, Fear and Trembling, where prizes are involved. But if you're not, we welcome you to come back tomorrow at the same time, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Kendra Tierney is going to be on to talk about liturgical living in the season of Lent. And Jesse Romero is going to be on to talk about a rally against the Church of Satan in Flagstaff, Arizona. All of that coming up tomorrow right here in Catholic Drive Time. Do us a favor and share us with a friend. God bless you, God love you, and don't forget your car raffle tickets. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. You could win a 2022 Mercedes-Benz GLA 250 and help drive home the word of God. The GRN is raffling off this night black compact SUV with the luxury and performance you expect from Mercedes-Benz to support the mission of Catholic Radio. This car could be yours for only $25. Buy four tickets, you get one free. The 2022 GRN car raffle ends February 21st, so get your tickets today at grnonline.com slash raffle. This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. When we see how crazy this world is, we can be tempted to isolate our family on a desert island and leave it all behind. Well, that's not really practical. But one thing you can do is take your family away on your very own family retreat. The goal of this retreat is for growth in your family identity and relationships and to give you time to intentionally pray together as a family unit. The four parts of the family retreat are family bonding activities, prayer, teaching, and fun. We've learned that if you're going to pray with your children, you also need to play with them. When parents develop these four aspects of their weekend away with their kids, the results are amazing. 
Devoting time to your family has a lasting impact on your kids, especially if you make it a tradition every year. To enable more families to do a family retreat, we have put together a short guide to help lead moms and dads through their own retreat planning process. To access this free download, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Your odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, Coming up this hour... It's going to be a fun hour. We have a good news story for you. Saint of the day, gospel of the day. And then, of course, our game show, Fear and Trembling at 15 past the hour. We have a new opportunity for you to get in on the prize pack this week. We're very excited about that. Tomorrow is the day. Now, just a little caveat, okay? So uh, today's the day that from Texas to Boston gets hammered in ice and snow. <laughs> so if, and we're, we're, we're south of that, and we're already seeing a lot of rain down here. And if the temperatures drop here, we may end up with ice, which means we're probably going to have to do something interesting tomorrow for, to produce the program while not driving on the road. So we'll have to see how that goes. But either way, tomorrow we pull out a winner. We will announce it somehow, some way. All right. So you'll get three chances for sure today. Possibly you might get three chances tomorrow, but you might not if things go south with the weather. Right. So here's the deal. If you want to get in on the price pack, you better make sure you're on the phone at 15 past. Our first caller gets to be that. I'll give you the number, but you can get it uh, on the website ahead of time so you can hedge your own bet. Right. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Click on the uh, Fear and Trembling link. You'll get to the game show. You'll get the phone number, the rules. All of it is listed right there at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. And while you're there, do me a favor and sign up to the email list. Be a CDT insider. Join our email list. Every single Thursday, I send out a list, an email to the list of CDT insiders where I give you exclusive content that we didn't share otherwise. So it's a special content. It's just a way to say thank you for being a part of the CDT team. There's no cost. There's nothing involved except for the fact that I harass you at least once a week in your email inbox. Uh, So go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can do that. And immediately upon signing up, I will send you an email with a talk, a 30-minute talk by Father Bill Casey from the Fathers of Mercy. Powerful talk on the uh, state of the union of the church, where we're at now, where we're headed, and what kind of heroic fortitude are we going to have to have to endure the days ahead and living in a state of grace. It's a powerful talk. You're really going to get a lot out of it. It's going to inspire you. And that is going to happen immediately upon you signing up to the CDT Insider email list at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. But if you want to make that even faster, one way to do it is to sign up via your cell phone. 
All you need to do is text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's right. So you text the letters GRN to the number 42828, 42828, and you will get in on our email list right away. Just over your cell phone. It's super fast. It only takes a moment. And you'll still get the Father Bill Casey talk. So do that today, the CDT Insider email list. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. I'm looking forward to Tokyo drifting into work tomorrow. Tokyo drifting. It'd be like, skirt. Yeah. I got my car yesterday yeah. from California. So, Oh, you did? So it's a little sedan. It's It's got terrible tires. So Perfect I'm for Definitely going to yeah. be Tokyo oh, drifting. man. <laughs> well, you need good tires in the front. Or more importantly, probably need good brakes yeah. on the front end, right? So that way you can lock the front end and then let loose the back, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the secret to to doing donuts in a school parking lot in a snowstorm. That's true. Is This is not advice, by the way. Don't do this. <laughs> do not do this at home, okay? All the kids are like, sounds yeah! Like, sounds like a great idea. <laughs> no, it is not. Thanks, Uncle Joe. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> I take it all back. I repent, mea culpa. <laughs> Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. You ever do donuts in a school parking lot? Dude. Um, I've I eaten donuts. I don't believe. <laughs> I don't believe in treads. Okay. Okay. I don't. I keep all you're my. Not, you're not a tread I Catholic. Keep, I keep all my wheels, my tires mm-hmm. bald. Don't tread because, on because. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. treads I mean, doesn't doesn't sound good. It sounds bad. I, so I just keep them all bald and smooth, just like they should be. <laughs> and and like you gotta like, what's with all these bumps this, in them? I don't want bumps in my wheels and my tires. It's not automotive advice. Okay, <laughs> dear listener, don't don't. Don't do any of the things we're saying right now. As Jesus says, okay, don't listen to them. Don't. <laughs> At any rate, uh, we, we laugh. We fun. We're, we're kid. Be safe out there. If the weather is horrible, don't drive in it, right? I mean, if the weather is uh, dangerous. Although when I lived in New England, we snow, four, four foot snowstorm, whatever. It's a work day. We still go to school. We still go to work. Yikes. So let's pray for everybody's safety during this uh, insane weather we're having. Uh, all right, we're going to jump into it. We have a great hour for you. In the second half of the hour, we will have an after show, and you get to drive that conversation to wherever you want. You are the uh, the skipper of the ship there, so all you got to do is comment to one of the live video feeds, all linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. By the way, when you're on the website, get your car raffle tickets while you can. Especially call your local Catholic radio station, your GRN station. Ask for your GRN station manager and say, hey, how do I get those tickets and how do I help you sell raffle tickets to support this local Catholic radio station at grnonline.com. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now the good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Rudy Carlos here, and now your good news story for the day. Epic Time supports Florida Troopers Honor Fallen Sergeant by dancing with his daughter at her wedding. Witnessing troopers taking turns to dance with the daughter of a fallen colleague was a heartwarming moment that wedding attendees will never forget. Heather Ritter, who's 34, got the surprise of her life when Florida Highway Patrol troopers stepped onto the dance floor for what would have been her father-daughter dance on her special day on December 11, 2021, in Webster. Their gesture was really touching and meant a lot to me and my family, Heather told the Epic Times. Dancing with them was like having a piece of my dad there with me. 
It was all very emotional, but I couldn't have asked for a better surprise. Heather's father, Nick uh, Sotile, was a 48-year-old sergeant with the Florida Highway Patrol when he was murdered on the side of U.S. Highway 27 during a traffic stop on January 12, 2007. My dad had been with the Florida Department for Highway, Dep Highway Patrol for 24 years and was looking forward to retirement so he could travel with my mom, Liz, Heather recalled. Sharing more details of the tragic incident, Heather, a teacher at Pinecrest Lakes Academy in Claremont, said her father was working overtime when he saw a car cut off a tractor trailer. Pulling over the 19-year-old boy for reckless driving, he was shot in the clavicle artery, causing him to internally bleed to death. This killer was caught a couple days later after a massive manhunt. He pled guilty with the death penalty on the table, Heather said. He had no warrants, no drugs, no reason to fire upon my dad. He had mentioned to his passenger in the car that if he was to get pulled over that day, he was going to kill the cop. My dad just happened to be the one who pulled him over. The sergeant's murder came as a huge shock to family, friends, and the community of Lake Placid where they lived. For a while, the family was surrounded by love and support by the community, but eventually everyone went back to their normal life, and soon Heather, her brother Nick, and her mother had to cope with their grief. Fifteen years on, on their wedding day with on her wedding day with Anthony Ritter, Heather was aware that her father's tightly knit squad members and friends would be there, and she had planned to get a photo with all of them. However, she admits she was unaware of all the surprise, of all the surprises that came with the mother-daughter dance. Soliciting the help of Anthony, Liz put on a special presentation that played during the dance. My dad was your typical police dad who has a daughter. He was strict on me growing up, but I knew he was always there for me when I needed him. Heather recalled. I remember him coming to my elementary school to have lunch with me and having him try to fit at the lunch table with his gun melts and everything and everyone being aware of him. Heather remembers her father, a popular figure in the community, as an amazing person who was always willing to help people out. He was fair and honest, always trying to get his always trying to do his best at everything he did, Heather said. He was the best storyteller and would captivate an entire room with his stories and make people laugh so hard they'd cry. In an effort to support others who have lost a loved one in the line of duty, Heather has taken on the role of Vice President of Central Florida Concerns of Police Survivors, a volunteer organization that has programs to help survivors through the process of grief and help them cope with their loss while being surrounded by professional counselors and those who have been in their place at one time or another. Their mission, Heather states, is to support survivors in finding their new normal. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. John Nelson. St. John Nelson was born in 1535. John Nelson was an English Jesuit martyr who was executed during the reign of Elizabeth I. Nelson was from Skelton, New York. He was nearing 40 when he left for Douai in 1573 for training as a priest. He was ordained on the 11th of June, 1576. The following November, he left for his mission in London. He was arrested on the 1st of December, 1578, at his residence, quote, late in the evening, as he was saying the nocturne of the Maddens for the next day following, end quote, and was put into Newgate Prison as a suspected papist. Guilty as charged. He had written to the French Jesuits during his imprisonment for permission to be admitted to the society. When interrogated about a week later, he refused to take the oath recognizing the Queen's supremacy in spiritual matters. He was induced by the commissioner to declare the queen a schismatic. Under the legislation of 1571, this was high treason and was punishable by death. He was condemned to death on the 1st of February, 1578, and was confined after the trial in an underground dungeon in the Tower of London, the Pit of the Tower. While in prison, he subsisted on bread and water, and he was still able to say Mass. 
On his execution day, he refused to see several Protestant ministers after meeting with family members. He was taken to Tyburn and was allowed to speak before the bystanders who were mostly hostile in the historically Protestant London. When asked to beg pardon of the Queen, he responded, I will ask no pardon of her, for I have not offended her. He then asked any Catholic in the crowd to pray with him as he recited several common prayers in Latin. He was hanged and cut down alive, then quartered. His last words were reportedly, I forgive the Queen and all the authors of my death. He was beatified on the 29th of December, 1886 by Pope Leo XIII. St. John Nelson, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Mark chapter 6, verses 7 through 13. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey, but wearing, uh, but, but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts. They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave from there. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off of your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they were anointed, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I broke my glasses last night, Holy Mass, so uh, I can't really see and read all that well today. It's a struggle. But the Venerable Bede, I am loving Venerable Bede lately. I don't I mean, Maybe it's my grandkids have a, like a connection to Bede, maybe. I don't know. But Bede is amazing. He says, quote, again, allegorically, under the figure of a script, is pointed out the burdens of this world. By bread is meant the temporal delights. By money is the purse, the hiding of wisdom, because he who receives the office of a doctor should neither be weighed down by the burden of worldly affairs, nor be made soft by carnal desires, nor hide the talent of the word committed to him under the, the ease of an inactive body. Close quote, Venerable Bede, Pray for us. Let's pray for our hierarchy in our church today, that they be separated, set apart from the world, the flesh and the devil, for the work of saving souls and giving God glory. Adrian, what did you find? Uh, yes. One thing that I wanted to just bring up is extreme unction. The last verse in this passage, verse 13, says they go out and they anoint with oil many who are sick and cure them. Some would argue that this is a uh, this is where our Lord instituted the extreme unction or anointing of the sick. Uh, Cornelius Lapide says this is not the institution of anointing of the sick. Instead, this is actually more akin to John the Baptist baptizing in the Jordan because John the Baptist's baptism were not sacramental baptisms. They were an allusion to the coming of the sacrament that would be instituted later on by our Lord. And so this, in the same way, this is not the uh, institution of extreme unction or anointing of the sick. Rather, it is a looking forward to it. Cornelius Lapide says that St. James, the cousin or brother, uh, you know, translation brother of uh, our Lord, he is the one who actually institutes the extreme unction uh, as, uh, as the sacramental form that we have today. So it's very interesting to me. And uh, one last thing is the fact that he says here that all the people who are given this oil were healed, all of them. 
And so every person who came in contact with the apostles, it shows how our Lord desires to use material things for a supernatural end. And so I would think it would be a great thing to meditate on today. Amen to that. All right, praise be to God. Who wants to play the game? Are you ready to win some prizes, possibly? Well, now is that chance. Now is that time. All you need to do is make a phone call. Be our first caller. You get to be our contestant to play our game. That phone number is 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877 757 9424. Call now. Fear and Trembling is coming up next. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 115 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2:10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host... Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. But I can't tell you what that is yet because what we need most is our contestant on the phone. So call now, 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open. If you've never played, it's going to be fun. It's super easy. We always have a laugh. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. And if it's been a while, you can call back, 877-757-9424. One more time, 877 877- 
888-757-9424 is the phone number. But here is the deal in case you are new here. I do have secrets and agendas. I don't like to tell anybody this. So you got to promise me you won't share this information outside of us, okay? Keep this between us. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something new about the Catholic faith you did not know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh. We like to have fun. And our callers tend to be great sports. They laugh with us. We enjoy that quite a bit, actually. And then uh, we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody involved, right? You have a laugh, you learn something, and you may win stuff. It's cool. Praise be to God. But here's the kicker. I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, but the caller does not need to know any of the correct answers to win. They could not know a single one and still win. And the reason is because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy, I will ask Adrian, and uh, one of them will be correct. The other won't. And the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Dear listener, have you enthroned your home yet to the, uh, to the Sacred Heart of our Blessed Lord and the Immaculate Heart of Mary? Well, our sponsor of the show this week is Santa Clara Design, who's generously sponsoring our game show with a matching set of prints of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart, so you can enthrone your home. The owner and lead designer, Lauren, knows how important it is to create a space that reveals the goodness of God and the joy of life. Our hearts desire to draw closer to God. We all need encouragement. We long to dwell in the spaces that reflect what is true, good, and beautiful. The Catholic online boutique Santa Clara Design provides accessible and affordable ways to create beautiful, sacred spaces in your everyday life. Check out her website at santaclaradesign.com or follow her on Facebook and Instagram at Santa Clara Design. Praise be to God. Let's go to the phones. Lisa, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys on this nice cold morning? Praise good, be to God. Good. We are alive, and that counts. And uh, and Yay. where where are you calling from, Lisa? Plano, Texas. Ooh, that's like up in the Dallas area. How are the roads up there? What what is what is it like up there? Oh, it's fun and icy, and all the trees are bent over with ice and really ice oh, wow. all over them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! What's like, oh my God, what happened out here? <laughs> now, Lisa, be honest with me. It's just, it's just, just us here. You can be honest with me. Are you gonna go? Sure. You're gonna go out and do donuts in the uh, the street in the parking lots later today? You're just gonna <laughs> give it a whirl for the good old times. If I do, I can't tell you. About it. <laughs> <laughs> praise be to God. All right, Lisa, praise Jesus. Uh, now, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the game works? Oh, yes. It's great fun. Okay. All right. So you know you know the deal. Uh, I am on your side. I'm here to help you get into the cup as All much right. as possible. So the two of us will have to navigate mm-hmm. the trickiness of... <clears throat> you okay? Andy? An uneasy Sorry. alliance. Sorry. Yeah, an uneasy alliance. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it must be the allergies. Yeah, I know I'm is. suffering. All right. Here we go. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Rudy first, as is our custom, our tradition on the show. Rudy, are you ready? I'm ready, Joe. Wow. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm so ready. Rudy, can you tell me what blessing is given on the feast of St. Blaise? St. Blaise, mm-hmm. like fire. Okay, so the, the actual blessing is yeah. a fire. You bring a is candle it? that you, you got blessed yesterday. Wow. And you uh, candle they, Yeah, they, bla- <laughs> they yeah. bless the blaze. Uh-huh. Say that three times. Got fast. it. Okay. Do, you have, do you have to say that too? Yeah. Bless the blaze. Bless the blaze. Let's go. Okay. But in Latin. But oh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So your answer is f- a fire blessing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Adrian, 
Uh, maybe you can help. What blessing is given on the Feast of St. Blaise? On the Feast of St. Blaise, you know, that's a, that's a great feast day. I mean, maybe I'll go to Mass today as well. We'll see. I might go to sleep instead. Uh, <laughs> but no, that would be the blessing of the throats. It's not named Woo! after the uh, fire. It's named after a bishop. Uh-huh. So they put fire oh. they put fire on the throats? No, no, no. no they just fire. bless your throats just bless your with throats. candles though. With Ooh. candles. Not lit. But they're not, not lit. lit. Mm, but the candles <laughs> were blessed yesterday, I bet. Yeah. At candle mass. Mm, Interesting. Very true. All right, so Lisa, let's uh, see if we can't sort this out here. Uh Adrian says on the feast of St. Blaise, it's a blessing of the throats with candles, not lit. Uh, but Rudy seems to think that it's a uh, fire blessing. So there's fire involved since it's blaze. In Latin. In in Latin. Uh, a, a, a baptism of fire, if you will. <laughs> in 15 oh, yeah, seconds yeah. on the clock, Lisa, who's right? Adrian, who is wrong? Adrian, the throat. <laughs> yeah, praise be to God. No need. No, I think easy. You know, if you're going to have to admit that Adrian's right, I like the way you said it, Lisa. You know, like like as if it was some pain involved in having to admit publicly that he is, in fact, correct. I don't know what you mean. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well done. You're in the cup. You could win, Lisa. Praise be to judge. Yes. Jesus. That was pretty easy. Like, I, yeah, yes. wouldn't that be, you'd have to be Greek Orthodox to be blessed with fire. Like, Maybe. Maybe. You, you know they do that, right? Yeah. 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 In the in the in the uh the where the uh Lord's tomb is in in Jerusalem they have the the fire the holy fire and they bless Mm. themselves with it. It's crazy. Yeah, don't don't attempt that at home, by the way. (laughs) All right, here we go. Second question. We're gonna go to Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me? I probably Probably. Maybe. That's, that's confident. It's like a 50-50 <laughs> right chance. Like, I don't know. All right, Adrian. That's me. When is the Holy Chrism blessed each year? Ah, the Holy Chrism. Yes. The Holy Chrism is actually blessed mm-hmm. every year mm-hmm. on Easter Sunday. What? Yeah, don't you remember? Really? On Easter Sunday, the bishop okay. comes to your parish, uh-huh. and he blesses the oils. On Easter Sunday. Uh-huh. Wow, it's kind of like Santa Claus. He can be everywhere at once. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Got to hit up all the parishes. Okay, okay. Uh, hey, Rudy, uh, can you tell me, when is the Holy Chrism blessed each year? I suppose I could tell you that. Okay. Um, That's good. <laughs> Start. Holy Thursday. Holy Thursday. Huh. Holy Thursday. So not far from each other here, Lisa. So here's the deal. When is the Chrism blessed? Uh, Rudy says it's Holy Thursday. And Adrian says it's Easter Sunday, 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Uh, Lisa, what say you? Moses, I do know this, don't I? Mm-hmm. I say Easter with Adria. Is that right? Um. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no! <laughs> I'm so sorry, Lisa. You know, he throws curveballs. I should have warned you. Holy Thursday. I take complete responsibility for that. In fact, it's oh, Monday, man. Thursday, you know. Mm-hmm. Monday. Holy okay. Thursday, which uh, is referred to as Chrism Mass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm learning. Oh, that's the week before. <laughs> My bad. Monday, Thursday is week oh, after. To prepare okay, for so the... Uh, yeah. yeah. There you go. The you learn something in. new. Oh, Praise God. We all do. Okay. God is good. I all think right. we can get you in there for two, though, with this next okay. question. It's probably going to be the easiest question of all three. We're going to go back to Rudy. This is the hardest question we've ever no, had. No, it's not. No, it's not. Easily the hardest Trust question. Trust me here. It's not so... Hardest question we've ever had. No way. Uh, Rudy... <laughs> What liturgical color is used at a Mass for a departed soul? Hard to think about, but one day it's coming for us, people. We're going to die. <laughs> on that day, wow. the priest is going to wear either Joyful. black or purple. Really? So live your life well. Black 
but purple could also be a color. Yep. Huh. Okay. Okay. Dynasty of Grace. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, Adrian. That's me. What liturgical color mm-hmm. yes. is used at Holy Mass right. uh-huh. for a departed soul? Someone uh-huh. who has died. Mm, so liturgical color used at Mass for a departed soul. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at your funeral Mass. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody's been to funeral Masses. Okay. And what did you see? You what? look to your left. Uh-huh. You look to your right. Yeah. And what do you see? I don't know. The priest is wearing rose, rose. because they will rise from the dead. Huh. <laughs> Cease and desist. <laughs> okay, Lisa, here's the deal. I love this look to the left and right. <laughs> here's the deal, Lisa. Okay, you're not even going to... Not even. Oh, let me just clarify here. Adrian says it's rose color because they are going to rose from the dead someday. Uh, good pun there. Uh, but uh, Rudy says it's black or purple is an option. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say I you, say Lisa? Rudy, black, and purple. <laughs> Did you just say you want to make Rudy black and purple? Wow. She threatened you, Rudy. I'm going to be black and purple when I Tokyo drift into (laughs) (laughs) a light post. Do not take our advice. He's going to look to the left, he's going to look to the right, and then he's going to do donuts. (laughs) Lisa, congratulations. You're in for two. Praise be to God. We we got you through at least two of them. God is so very good. Uh, Lisa, be safe. Don't uh, don't do donuts in the parking lot today, okay? <laughs> okay. Praise be to God. Sure we, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate you uh, having a laugh with us. Uh, it may be God's will that you'll win. Uh, you'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out. But uh, otherwise, uh, God love you and God bless you. Have a great day. We're going to put you on hold. All right. Thank you very much. All right. If you are in the, uh, in the, <laughs> the storm path right today, ice is a major safety risk. Do not drive in it unless you absolutely have no choice, and then be super careful, right? Praise be to God. Otherwise, hey, if you want to hang out with us in the after show, we would love to have you. You can do so on one of our live video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey, LinkedIn, all of it linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Get your car raffle tickets. Call your local station manager. It makes the world a difference. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Blaise, Bishop and Martyr. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Lord, whose love in humble service bore the weight of human need, 
who did on the cross forsaken show us mercy's perfect deed. We, your servants, bring the worship, not a voice alone, but heart, consecrating to your purpose every gift which you impart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Hear, O Lord, the supplications your people make under the patronage of the martyr St. Blaise, and grant that they may rejoice in peace in this present life and find help for life eternal through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> A reading from the first book of Kings. When the time of David's death drew near, he gave these instructions to his son Solomon. I am going the way of all flesh. Take courage and be a man. Keep the mandate of the Lord your God, following his ways, and observing his statutes, commands, ordinances, and decrees, as they are written in the law of Moses that you may succeed in whatever you do, wherever you turn. And the Lord may fulfill the promise he made on my behalf when he said, If your sons so conduct themselves, that they remain faithful to me with their whole heart and with their whole soul, you shall always have someone of your line on the throne of Israel. David rested with his ancestors and was buried in the city of David. The length of David's reign over Israel was forty years, he reigned seven years in Hebron and 33 years in Jerusalem. Solomon was seated on the throne of his father David with his sovereignty firmly established. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, you are exalted over all. Lord, you are exalted over all. Blessed may you be, O Lord, God of Israel, our Father, from eternity to eternity. Lord, Lord you, you are, are exalted, exalted over all. 
Yours, O Lord, are grandeur and and power, majesty, splendor, and glory. Lord, you are exalted over all. Lord, you are exalted over all. Yours, O Lord, is the sovereignty. You are exalted as head over all. Riches and honor are from you. Lord, you are exalted over all. In your hand are power and might. It is yours to give grandeur and strength to all. Lord, you are exalted over all. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus summoned the twelve and began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing for the journey but a walking stick, no food, no sack, no money in their belts, They were, however, to wear sandals, but not a second tunic. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave from there. Whatever place does not welcome you or listen to you, leave there and shake the dust off your feet in testimony against them. So they went off and preached repentance. The twelve drove out many demons, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Today's first reading from the first book of Kings, we have really a very kind of poignant and emotional scene in front of us, which is David at the end of his life on his deathbed, really. Um, He is giving to his beloved son Samuel, or sorry, Solomon, kind of his final life testimony and commands for them. Must have been quite an emotional scene in a way. And of course we know uh, David lived uh, a very full life. He had many different experiences. Uh, He made his mistakes, but he was God's anointed. He was the great king of Israel. And the covenant that God pledged through David, uh, despite David's sinfulness, we know that the Lord promised to endure in that covenant. And so here then we have David giving to his son Solomon kind of his final testimony and words for Solomon to take forward that we too uh, would do well to listen to. David tells Solomon in the first place, uh, take courage. In other words, it won't always be easy out there. You're going to need to persevere through some challenging times. Then he tells them to make sure that you continue to observe the law and the ways of God that have been given to us through the prophet Moses. In other words, make sure that you are living according to God's will, and if you live according to his ordinances, according to his commands, your life will be successful. And finally, he tells Solomon to make sure, as he continues to live the commands of the Lord, that he live in his covenant with God, because the Lord will be faithful to his promises, and ultimately he will bless the house of David. 
When we look at today's gospel, we really see Jesus' missionary mandate given to his disciples. He sends them out two by two. He describes the conditions which Jesus himself lived. And he basically instructs them to go out and do as Jesus himself did. It really reminds us, in a way, thinking of David's final testimony to Solomon, it reminds us that at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus precisely tells his apostles, before he ascends back into heaven, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. In other words, the last instruction of Jesus is to tell his apostles and disciples, uh, you are called to be going out onto mission. Again, today's gospel kind of fleshes that out, but it really provides for us an imperative that, you know, the message of David to Solomon is really the same message the Lord gives to us, namely, follow me, live according to the path that I have shown you, be my disciple, and part of this path is that you would be out on mission inviting others to come to know me as well. This is of the very heart of what it means to be a Christian, to be a member of the Catholic Church. It means that we are called to be on mission. I think sometimes in the world that we live in, we can forget a little bit that, you know, the, the church being missionary is a part of her very essence. And really, for the individual Christian being baptized, that part of our baptism is really that we too, part of our essence, is that we would be out on mission. In Corpus Christi, back in October, we had the privilege of the Apostolic Nuncio coming down here, Archbishop Christophe Pierre. He spoke to us a little bit about the upcoming Synod on Synodality, and he provided one kind of statement of summer that I very much appreciated, and he said, you know what Pope Francis is really about here, what he really wants is for the church to be on church, or sorry, for the church to be church, and namely to be a church that's evangelizing. In other words, that the essential connection between the church and being missionary, between the church and being a proclaimer of the kingdom of God and an evangelizer, that that would be brought into the forefront of our ecclesial life and in the life of Christians. And so my brothers and sisters, as we go forward today, let us ask God for the grace that we too would be mindful of the words of David, but in particular, of course, through the lens of Jesus to say that we too are called to take courage. We are called to follow the path that our Lord and Savior laid out for us by the very living of his life and the law of grace that he has given to us. And let us ask him for the grace that we would always be bold proclaimers of his word and, and have the courage to be missionary disciples. Amen. Trusting in our Father's love and mercy, let us bring our petitions before him. We pray for our Holy Father and for all bishops that they would be guided by the wisdom and counsel of the Holy Spirit in all their decisions. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all government leaders that they would be inspired to enact just laws that would protect the sanctity of human life at every stage and which would never contradict the natural law of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for the sick and the suffering, that they would be given consolation in their faith and experience the healing touch of Jesus Christ. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for our family, friends, and benefactors, for all those who have asked for our prayers, for all those joining us online and through radio, 
and for all those enrolled in the Salt Mass Association. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for the grace that we would be courageous proclaimers of God's word, inviting people to come to know the Lord. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for those intentions that we hold in our heart. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Merciful Father, we thank you for hearing our petitions and granting our prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen. Sing praise to God who reigns above, the God of all creation, the God of power, the God of love, the God of our salvation. With healing balm my soul he fills, and every faithless murmur stills, to God all praise and glory. What God's almighty power hath made, His gracious mercy keeping, By morning glow or evening shade, His watchful eye ne'er sleeping, Within the kingdom of His might, Lo, all is just and all is right, to God all praise and glory. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. Sanctify our offerings by your blessing, O Lord, we pray. And by your grace may we be set afire with that flame of your love, through which St. Blaise overcame every bodily torment, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for you are glorified when your saints are praised. Their very sufferings are but wonders of your might. In your mercy you give ardor to their faith. To their endurance you grant firm resolve. And in their struggle the victory is yours through Christ our Lord. Therefore, all creatures of heaven and earth sing a new song in adoration. And we with all the hosts of angels cry out, and without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abaoth, plenis celi et terra, gloria tua, 
Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, when we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to a second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim, by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Blaise, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who are pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom, there we hope to enjoy forever. 
the fullness of your glory. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. Precepti salutaribis moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere, Pater noster, qui es in celis, sanctificetur nomen tuum, adveniat regnum tuum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in celo et in terra, panem nostrum coditianum, da nobis odie, et imite nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimitimus, debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationem, sed libera nos amalo. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. Peace, peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, Miserere nobis, Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, Lord I, am I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it in eternity, says the Lord. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. 
I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Come my way, my truth, my life, such a way as gives us breath, such a truth as ends all strife, such a life as killeth death. Come, my light, my feast, my strength, such a light as shows a feast, such a feast as men's in length, such a strength as makes his guest. Come, my joy, my love, my heart, such a joy as none can move, such a love as none can part, such a heart as joys in love. Let us pray. <clears throat> May the sacred mysteries of which we have partaken, O Lord, we pray, give us that determination which made your blessed martyr blaze, faithful in your service and victorious in suffering, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Go make of all disciples, we hear the call, O Lord, that comes from you, our Father, in your eternal word. Inspire our ways of learning through earnest, fervent prayer. And let our daily living reveal you everywhere. Go make of all disciples, baptizing in the name of Father, Son, and Spirit, from age to age the The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, 
And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. All Catholic, all the time. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.